life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Chance and Edgar, again, for joining us last time for yeah, the State of the Show. Cool. Very cool. As you could tell, we had a lot of fun. For sure, yeah. Uh, lots to talk about this time. We've got some talking to do. We better get started here. Yes, two really cool car debates coming up. They're a little bit uh, atypical. We've got Jeff writing to us in Toronto with a track question. Yeah, it's one of those like yeah. track event questions, so that's very cool. And Kyle writing to us as well with a $5,000 car problem. You notice that? It's ultimately just a $5,000 car problem. Pretty much. And a ton of questions and a bunch of other things to cover. I have some ridiculous uh, sales stuff on the on the web to talk about. We have a TV uh, show going on as well, by the way, in case you didn't yes, know. Yes, we do. Episode 3 is on Velocity Channel this Saturday, January 20th, 2018. Pretty much so, a day from when you hear this. Exactly. Yeah. This is Los Angeles at night. This is a very different shoot and very, very different look for very. Everyday Driver as the brand, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited about. I think it turned out great. I mean, we were shooting starting at like 4.35 in the morning we just shot, to get yeah, this. Four or five in you know, the morning and we shot until light. like nine or ten. Yeah. And so the piece kind of follows, tries to follow that progression of night into day. It's commute time. It's yeah. a commute yeah, piece yeah. in the middle of downtown LA. It's very interesting. It's very different. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, thanks to all of you who are listening to the podcast. It has definitely grown because you are sharing it and rating and reviewing it. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, uh, just a quick shout out to Daniel. Uh, hello, Daniel, who I met at the Silicon Slopes Tech Conference, which oh, I'm currently right. attending. Yeah, yeah. This is a 14,000-person tech conference in Utah in downtown Salt Lake for two days that I decided to go mm-hmm. to. I'm kind of running into a bunch of people there, and it's all about the tech industry in Utah and how it's growing and there is quite a bit there's you know there's talk of IPOs and and all yeah, kinds of yeah. stuff there's actually an autonomous car company up in Ogden as a Oh really of fact. interesting uh, why not you know do they have chinese money too stuff here uh no wow. they uh, look at that that's they crazy broke off of um Another one, I think, that was Chinese-funded. Anyway, so uh, there's lots going on here in the tech industry as well, Well, but but really cool. Here's the thing I don't understand. I don't understand how – look, Sundance is also starting literally the night we're recording this. right. Sundance uh, 2018 is is starting. uh, I was just reading about him. So here's the thing I don't understand. Sundance really is a cornerstone of the of the national, I mean, of the state income for Utah every year. <laughs> national it, income, seriously, almost. It almost seems like it. Yeah, but, but there's a huge amount of money made by businesses across the board because of the Sundance film industry. What I find humorous is all of the things, Silicon Slopes being an example, that have gravitated toward Utah to have a big thing going on in Utah around Sundance. And, and, and yeah. I have to say, yeah. here you are going to this thing. The opening two days of Sundance, and there's a part of me, l- luckily we live here, so it's not a problem, but there's part of me that just goes, couldn't you have picked another date? <laughs> I, I mean, this would be the most difficult time to get A, flights, and B, hotel rooms anywhere in the Salt Lake area because of Sundance, because everybody's descending right now. I mean, if you're coming in from L.A., you come in now, and you stay until Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, right. This is the, the big the weekend. The best time to go weekend. to Sundance is actually next weekend, or a week from now. <laughs> to actually get film watching actually done. To see movies and right. not walk down Main Street as if it's, you know, Central Park, you know, or, or, or some 
street in uh, Manhattan, it, it is shoulder to shoulder sometimes. No kidding. They, they make it pedestrians only, and it's a mob. Although I am curious to go over there on you maybe should. Saturday it, and just yes, check it out. Need, and no, it always needs to be part go. of the madness. Mm-hmm. It's just fun because the town just transforms into Absolutely something that does. really isn't. Well, but that's what's fun. It's amazing. When people think Park City, they think that picture of Main Street with snow falling and all the Sundance Film Festival banners. That's what everybody thinks of. Yeah, true. All the multicolored mining houses. This is the picture everybody has of Park City, yeah. which does come from the festival, and it is gorgeous. So we're going to have snow next couple days. Thank God. That'll be yeah, cool. Yeah, no kidding. But the thing we always marvel at is when you're a local, a weird thing happens here. About a week before the festival happens, mm-hmm. 10 or 12 businesses on Main Street become different businesses. Yeah. They, they, like, imagine a window on a restaurant yeah. that has a logo in the center. They took that window out, and they put a different window in with a new logo, and it becomes the CNN Center or something ridiculous. Or whatever that is. So as yeah. locals, we walk up and down Main Street and just go, that's a different place. That's a different place. They transform. Yeah. Sometimes they transform the insides as well for 10 days, and then they go back to how they were before. And I just wonder, what's the cost of that? Oh, my gosh. I've seen buildings painted. Airbnb yeah. was here a year or two ago, and they painted the whole building blue with the white Airbnb logo yeah. and going – you repainted the building. And then they take That's it back to how it was. undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. And it's transformed. Restaurants, of course, jack up their prices. The Sundance uh-huh. menu. Uh-huh. And they get it. And last year do. I heard there was $156 million brought in in 10 days to I'm this economy. I'm surprised it was that little, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's shocking. It really is. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, guys, thank you so much for following along and listening. And there was another listener, David, who wrote in about Dan Gurney, who recently passed. And mm-hmm. we did want to give a shout out to his passing and uh, just kind of acknowledge all the things that he touched. I just want to run through those just very briefly. If you don't know who he is, he has influenced the entire car culture over the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years probably. Uh, Being a race car driver, he's known for many things. And I would say the top three in my mind are the Gurney bubble Mm -hmm. because the man was so tall. He was six foot four. Yeah. Yeah. And because he and his helmet didn't fit in a lot of cars, they actually pounded out the sheet metal to make the bubble so his head would fit. <laughs> so referred to as the Gurney bubble. Yeah. The spraying of champagne on the podium after wins is credited to him for Interesting. kind of inventing this. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the Gurney flap. My favorite iteration is on the Porsche 959, the black strip you see on the very tail of that. So that creates extra downforce on cars. Of course, it has to be balanced with front downforce. You can't just give it all kinds of rear downforce because then the car will understeer like crazy. And but, but what about a flap on the back of your front-wheel drive Civic? Just just <laughs> like it is, just put a Civic, just put a flap on the back. That too. No, he was uh, a racing legend, incredible career, winning Le Mans with A.J. Foyt in a Ford GT40. He won at Spa and Formula One, NASCAR mm. vit- victories, IndyCar mm. victories. He is credited with beginning the kart championship auto racing teams. Uh, on and on. So he's, yeah, uh, yeah thank you, David, for uh, for writing in and we just wanted to, you know, acknowledge that, for acknowledge sure. everything yeah. he does because uh, he was 86, I believe, mm. and uh, so many of the things that we reference and the design of cars and the things that we now take for granted in the automobile world are credited to Dan Gurney. So, well, and, in memoriam, Dan and, Gurney. And the other thing is that a lot of the guys that he that were his peers died young. Yeah, very true. I mean, like the test pilots that we had in the, oh in the 50s. Many yeah. of them died, and Chuck Yeager survived. I mean, Dan Gurney is almost like That's the a Chuck great Yeager comparison. Because so That's many great. of his peers died young testing out cars. And oh, he was yeah. right there beside him testing those same crazy machines and lived to an old age. 
and drove to an old age. Amazing. Oh really amazing. I was just watching a Formula One documentary the other day and, you know, talking about, I think it was in 68 in the span of four months, a driver died every weekend. It became commonplace, just yeah, yeah death. Yeah. And you just wondered in my next, you know, yeah. why am I doing this? But of course it was the heyday, you know, mm-hmm. kind of no rules almost, but it was an amazing time, but you know, it's definitely morphed into a far safer event nowadays. For even sure. It's yeah. still, still amazing, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, quite speaking, crazy. Speaking of tracking and track events, we should talk about Jeff here in a minute, but before we get there, uh, Bioshock actually wrote in a question that relates to this, but I did want to talk about it because last week on TV was our episode two of season two. <laughs> And we had the 87.911 yes, yes, versus the 88 uh, first-gen E30 M3. And one of the things we talked yeah. about is the crazy prices on those cars. And in the following week, <laughs> along comes Bring a Trailer. And a couple people wrote to us and thought it was the actual car in our piece. That would have been crazy. Because it looked similar. It did look very similar. Yeah, now, it was a year yeah. later, and it was not the same car. We know Scott. Thank you, Scott. I think, think you're probably listening. Yes, For loaning you. us that car, both for our Icon film and for this piece for TV. Mm-hmm. But we talked about how crazy the prices are on those cars. And then this one proceeds to sell on Bring a Trailer for $102,000. Now, it only had 35,000 miles on it, but on the other hand, a 30-year-old car with 35,000 miles on it is now worth 100 grand? Yeah. You know what you can get for 100 grand? Many, you know many things. Amazing garage you he, can have. Here's for the thing. 20, I would grand? actually buy a series of things for 100 grand. I mean, I wouldn't just yeah. buy one thing. I'd be like, I have one of those and I have one of those. I mean, but and, and this is the thing. Bioshock's ask, asking this question, but people have asked us about, you know, what do we think of this and is this the same car and all this kind of stuff. A couple of things, many, many things actually strike me about all of this. First off, Bring a Trailer is kind of becoming this weird mix of <laughs> – and I'm, I'm watching. Where fate and I'm prices are going up. No, 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 because here's the thing. It's E30 a weird mix of you prices. do see like the adult version of YouTube comments. I mean people go at each other. Oh, sure. In the comments. People sure. try to in take down Stellars or take down yeah. other people's comments. And yeah. there's some some kind of some guys you can hear getting riled at the keyboard writing in the comment section. Yeah, so you've I've got that, that kind of slight adult flair of YouTube uh, commentary going on, <laughs> while it's also an auction demeanor that you kind of get at crazy places like Pebble Beach where it ends and you go, why did that car sell that high? Yeah. So – I think 102 for that car is insane. I genuinely do. But a nice example, this shows you exactly what we were talking about. This shows you how hot they are. But a nice example, then you get that kind of auction mist, I guess I want to say, where you're just, <laughs> you're all, you know, the red mist when you're racing, it's the same idea. Sure. You're yeah. all excited about, well, I can't, I can't lose this. And suddenly you spent $102,000 on an M3. Honey, I, Madness. I tripped and... Um... We bought a car. I tripped and spent all our savings. Yeah. Yikes. Well, I mean, that begs the question. It's already happened to 911s. We're kind of coming down off that high, even though 911s of all makes are still expensive. Yeah. 996s notwithstanding, but is it happening to BMWs now? Has their time come? Is well, the now E30 M3? I mean, they were always kind of expensive for decent ones. Yes, but one hundred and two thousand dollars. But the E30. Wow. The E30 is the 993 of the BMW lineup. For lack of a better way to put it, it is the one that's a great comparison. It is the one that is this extra icon. It's this car that 
oh, you have one of those. And look, you and I loved it. We it loved it. It's brilliant. a great car to drive. That episode will repeat, by the way. Yes. The season yes, will yes. repeat. It'll be, so it'll be, and it'll be available. It. Vimeo, Amazon, YouTube, yes. all of the above. It'll yes. flutter out through the years. We hope you get to see it. But here's the thing. Still, um, that this car has this car has reached weird, unnecessary cult status, like the nine nine three, where the prices yeah. are just they're silly. They're silly, is what they are. We would like to think it is due to the episode, but I think it's just because coincidence. The episode. <laughs> we would love to think that. Yeah, we don't think we're that influential, but they are no. really cool cars. And but I will say, I think we're the first to do that Comparo. I think so too. Which and, was cool, uh, and, and a Camaro we wanted to do for a long time. I mean, that era, the uh, the G fifty late eighties uh, Carrera yeah. three point two versus that first gen M three. That was a very fun day and a great shoot. Well, it just makes me think back to the Icon film that we did and all those yeah. cars in there. Is this going to happen to say the twenty eleven one M? They're still Maybe. expensive Maybe. for really good ones, but could this same kind of unicorn thing happen to that car too? Maybe in another like ten years or so. I was going to say it would take think a while. Two and those have to settle out, and and people have to kind of come back around <laughs> to the one. They need but to make you know, more. But you're talking about that. You know what? The other thing. The same week. This will make you cry. The same week, I saw either an eighty-seven or an eighty-nine. I don't have it in front of me. Nine two eight S four sold for fifty, mm. which I'm sorry mm. seems insane for that car too. I have seen them on this website called Wilhoit Enterprises, and this is another one of my mm -hmm. favorite websites to go to. I think this guy's prices are absolutely insane, and what he does is he trolls for cars on eBay, he finds them in private garages, and resells them for eye-watering prices. Yeah, but he yeah. does admittedly have some of the best 928s I've ever seen for sale. Sure, sure. Wilhoit Enterprises, go to inner, uh, inventory there. I mean, he's got uh, one for $139,000, 95 no, GTS. no. Exactly. No, 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 no. Exactly no. right. But the cars, as I keep refreshing the page over <laughs> months and years, of course you do. They they go away. They cycle through. They must have been sold. Who's buying these cars? One hundred thirty nine thousand dollars for a nineteen ninety five, which is the last year of nine twenty eight production. It was the GTS, the bestest, mostest nine twenty eight they ever yeah, made. Yeah, but and I'm just. Five-speed, uh, the whole deal. I mean, it's the most desirable car. But, I but, love these cars. But isn't that GT3 money? Like, new GT3 money? Uh, not, not RS. Not, not RS. new. It would be, a, a, say, a 2014, 2015 991 GT3. Easy. Okay. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Done. I'd rather have that. I, I just... I No. It's nutty. And it makes me cry because mine was a 1988 928 S4. And now I think, if only I kept this car. Maybe. Maybe. You need I don't money, know. You need money. I, I don't know. That's very interesting. Let, let's move away from that madness. But to, <laughs> but we're going to stay in exotic cars. <laughs> yes, we are. Because our, our friend our friend Jeff here has written in and he said that uh, he has kind of discovered the fact that he's a car guy. It's, I love it, it. This is a recent realization, and he's gotten a WRX that has made the disease worse. Jeff, we love that you're listening. Thank you. You said we've been an influence. We're we're really just a bad influence. We're, we're never a good influence on anybody. We're <laughs> exactly. just a bad influence. We're spreading bad this disease. financial influence. Totally, totally. What else? There, there are many wives that, that love us, and there are many, many that hate us. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, say. there is that. Uh, so anyway, but for this, for this year, for Christmas, his wife gave him – Eight laps on the track in one of those exotic race day things. So he gets eight laps on a track in any one of a series of exotic cars. Now, Jeff's never tracked before, 
never driven an exotic. This WRX <laughs> is the craziest thing he's ever driven. So he's come to us and gone, guys, what do I do? Wow. I, this is actually a fun debate. because It really is. Again, he got a 2016 WRX that he got in May 2016, and he loves it, but he's already thinking about what will happen when the lease is up to your <laughs> lease in a year and a half. Welcome to the disease. You oh, have a man. serious case, for sure. So he lists his prior cars. The, as you said, the WRX is the best thing on that list, but he's already thinking about Golf R's and M240i's and all this stuff. So as he said, he's never been on a track, but he likes twisty back roads. Unfortunately, there's very few available near Toronto. He still can't heel toe very well, but he's very determined to learn, which means you will. No experience with supercars whatsoever. Yeah. However, he is hoping to get into the autocross thing once the weather warms up because it seems to be more affordable than tracking. And you're right. Yeah. It is, generally speaking. And now he's also mentioning some performance driving courses are in his future, probably high-performance cool. track days as well. Which is really cool. But he's got this, it's not a, what car should I buy? It's a, what car should I go drive with mm -hmm. this? It's exoticcartours.ca yeah. is the website. But he's, he's getting dropped in the deep end. And, and all, congrats to your wife on a really <laughs> cool present. But you're getting dropped in the deep end, no track experience, no exotic experience. Which one do I pick and why? <laughs> Eight laps. Here's the cars that he has available to him for this day. You pick one of these. We've got the Audi R8, Aston Martin Vantage, 911 Turbo, Ooh. the BMW i8, Okay. Ferrari 360 Spider or the Italia, the 458 Italia, or the F430, it probably will be one of those. It won't be all of those. They'll have a Ferrari there, theoretically. Right. Uh, the GTR, the Gallardo, and the MP412C, that is the first generation of what has become the McLaren lineup, essentially. Right, right, the 12C. Wow, quite the list here. And, uh, I, I mean, rare is it that any of us would get to choose from this list. Mm -hmm. Sure. Also rare is... The fact that you've never been on track, and here it is. I mean, talk about the yeah, deep end of the pool. For sure. For, that's what I keep thinking about. So I think about now, having not gone to the website yet, I've not checked it out yet, I'm kind of wondering, eight laps on this track, out of these ten cars that you mentioned, can you work a deal? I don't know. I'm simply asking. Does it have to be one car? Fair point. Or can you Fair say, point. you know what, I'd like four laps in this car and four laps in that car? Or Fair one question. lap in every car. Now... Generally speaking, the driver, the probably the pro driver they send you out with, is going to want you to have an out lap to get warmed up, get up to yeah. speed on your yeah, second yeah. lap. The subsequent laps you're you know are flying, and then probably you know the the cool down lap, whatever that I is. I would think the four and four might be possible, but right. I certainly wouldn't go lower than that. Yeah. Because then, what about getting used to the track? Mm -hmm. You know, just mm -hmm. learning the track alone. I mean, you and I. You know, we we take just hey, this is just a track learning. I want to study the apex and study the line before I even really put my foot in it. That takes time just to learn a track. If we're we, brand we new, we spent to it. a day at Laguna, and I'm still going. I just need to go back. I have no, no kidding. Idea what I'm and doing. we yeah. know, quote unquote, theoretically, this track. Yeah, theoretically. from having driven it electronically so many times. Yeah. and then you're out there and you know what that car does when it crests the hill at 120 miles an hour. Yeah. is a very different feeling yeah, than is. the video game. Yeah, for sure. So th that's the thing. We've got a big debate here. And one of the things, Jeff, that you've come up with is then you go on this little side tangent talking about how much you love manuals. I'm going to say something that may surprise you, Jeff. I don't want you in a manual for this experience. I agree, actually. This I wondered is, if you would. I, I, I fully agree. That's the, the, the last thing that you should be thinking sure. about with all for the sure. information that is going to slam into your body. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I do mean that. 
by the way, you have to shift is yet yeah. another thing, and I think it's going to take away from your enjoyment. On, I agree. If you miss a shift, I think it's I think it's going to add a layer of stress that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What what I think you need to, to pursue here is pursue, and I want to give you a couple different variations. I think you need to pursue cars that are known to have really good dual clutch gearboxes. Yeah. Which gives you less to think about and more time to enjoy. You're going to have somebody riding right seat with you. They're going to be telling you all kinds of information. I would even say to you, ideally, don't even stress too much about learning the track. Yeah, right. Be right. a sponge and a response time. Be, be, see if this makes sense. Be the, be the hands of whoever's riding right seat. Mm. Don't try to get ahead mm. of them. Yeah, great Just point. drive the car, listen to the inputs they tell you to do, do those inputs to the letter, Follow along, do those inputs, and and think about the sensations you're having so you can walk away having felt the sensations and enjoyed. If you try to get ahead of the instructor about, oh, I know this corner. No, you don't. Let the instructor call it. Mm -hmm. Let let them tell you where to put your eyes and where to put the car. You want to have something that shifts for you or is very quick, simple paddles just to give you less to worry about. Mm-hmm. Manuals yeah. are awesome. Manuals are an extra layer of difficulty on the track. I don't want you to have that at all. I'm going to give you two cars right up front that I think are your are, are my favorite two for you. You did mention that the GTR is kind of intriguing you. It's on my secondary, my alt list. Okay. But the two I think right. to really pursue are the 911 Turbo or the 458 Italia. Mm. They're both supercars, super, super cars bordering on hypercar performance. They both are finely tuned variants of exactly what that automaker is known for. And to this point, those cars, the gearboxes are foolproof and lightning fast, and they are designed to this point to not kill you. (laughs) So those are why those are my top two. One of those two are my top two. My secondaries, if you can't get one of those two or want to do an alt, MP412C because it feels very different because that suspension doesn't work like everybody else's suspensions. It's a unique car. Very much so. And for similar reasons, the GTR, which I think will be the most distant of the group, but it is a, it is a sledgehammer. You will get in and you will just be boggled by what that car can do. But I still think my, my front runners for you are either the 911 Turbo or the 458 Italia. Oh, those are great. And uh, kind of scrolling back through your car ownership, Jeff, looking at an 08 Acura TL, Hyundai Veloster is what you learn stick on, and a Genesis Coupe 2.0, and also Corollas, Malibus, Accords, Civics, stuff that is not mid-engine. Yes, true. So I come to the list, and I think, <laughs> okay, you've got the rest of your life to go drive a GTR. If you drive a GTR on track, I think it's going to warp your sense of what track driving is like because it's going to insulate you from what a good car and a great car and then what the differences are can do on a track. It's going to be so brilliant. You're going to think, well, every car is just going to do this. It just bends physics no matter what you ask it to do. It really does. You're very right. You have a, a lot of time in your life to find a GTR, maybe own one, and drive it on all kinds of roads, road trips, curvy roads, take it to the track, all sure, that kind of stuff, sure. and experience that in a lot of different environments. On a track, it's amazing, but I don't think it's going to give you the track sensation mm-hmm. that you're looking for. Interesting. I see that. So then combined with the mid-engine or rear-engine component, of which I don't think you've ever driven, the only two on your list that are front are the Vantage and the GTR. Okay, so let's throw those out for now. All right? <laughs> yeah. So that leaves us with the rest of them. Let's toss out the i8. I think that's a high-speed GT. Um, 
some of the Ferraris are interesting. You can throw the Lamborghini out for now, too. Because I don't think it's going to really give you the, the tingles, the track sensation that you're looking for. So I come to also the 911 Turbo is the top of my list. Okay. This okay. is a brilliant car. It's got the PDK. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make the track experience uh, the the driving experience easy enough where you're going to enjoy being on track rather than thinking about what the car is doing that's excellent i agree with that totally. the gtr takes that and amplifies that in a thousand percent but the 911 turbo still has so much tactility but yet quite a balance all right between mm-hmm. those two i think it's good however i come to the ferraris and the mclaren as well i could go either way 360 spider don't drive a convertible on track <laughs> Don't drive an F430 on track. I I won't say they're garbage. I'm not saying that by any means, but I've heard they're tin canny in comparison to lots of Ferraris. Now, I say that without having driven one. I, I welcome the correction, honestly, and I, sure. I can't sure. wait to drive one, as a matter of fact. But I'm kind of thinking there's better cars, and if you've already got a 458 Italia to drive, please go drive that on track. Mid-engine, Ferrari, down. paddle Don't shift, yeah. the the engine note mm-hmm. the tingle that car is designed for what you want to get out of your track experience but so is the mclaren i agree they're and the very McLaren, different they're i think it's an oversized lotus it just takes what lotus goodness does and mm-hmm. turns it up a thousand percent and that could be amazing on track so mm-hmm. those are my three for you the 911 turbo 458 italia the mclaren 12c now that's a hard choice, but yeah, we aligned quite a bit there. Which you know, I guess is what too continent would you yeah. like? What actually country would you like? As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, you know, well, and I do wonder if you're going to arrive and you know this is the full list, but they're going to have six of those eight cars. You know, true. That, I, that I think, could change. I think that's in probably likely. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of, I think you need to come in with a couple of options depending upon what you'd like. I mean, I don't even know how you do the form, but I wouldn't be surprised even if the form is like first choice and second choice. You have to like list. I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of these places do that. So hopefully we've given you some help there. And no matter what, that sounds like crazy fun. A uh, hat tip to your wife for getting that uh, award for you. Oh, I mean, that, that, that gift for you. That's very fun. Uh, I, I do want to acknowledge that uh, my wife. Had her first track experience oh, yes. last summer oh, in yes. the Lotus, and it was frankly too much. So you know, a raw car <laughs> first her time on the track. I threw her in the, the deep end. Deep yeah, end. and she had she had a bad day in front of it, which made it worse. I'll take had, that life jacket. If, thank if she'd you very had much. An awesome day prior, you know, like had a massage and what didn't work too hard, and got, <laughs> she fine. probably would have been fine. She had a rough day, then got in the Lotus, had to shift. It was just too much. Oh, and learn a track. Exactly. Exactly right. On. Oh, and All, go fast. And exactly. Never been on a track before. Listen be to the instructor. So this is what we're trying to defend you from. Uh, yeah, don't do what I did to my wife. Don't do that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but thank you for, for writing in, and we hope that's helpful. We will be right back. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. It's kind of weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might also not know about. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid. You know, so you'll know if you're getting a good deal before you buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
Some features are not available in all states. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. This is not just any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castroneves. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access. That's one of those badges that gets you in anywhere. Sweet access to watch the race, $1,000 cash for incidental travel and event-related expenses. You just get to, you get to charge it. It's going to be great. Round-trip airfare for two of you to the Indy race, hotel accommodations for two with five nights at a hotel near the motor speedway. Even ground transportation to and from the airport, the hotel, and the speedway, plus chances to meet the drivers themselves. Just like they do when they make high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. If that's not enough, there's also 10 first-place winners, and they'll all receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY, I-N-D-Y, to 41487. That's INDY to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash INDY. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Hey, guys, welcome back. We have... Kyle in Atlanta, Georgia, writing to us with the title of Should I Keep It Running or Should I Let It Go? Yeah, yeah. He's got a 2007 Volkswagen GTI with 243,000 miles on it. He's the third owner since about 70,000 miles. Wow. This car is starting to nickel and dime him. No surprise, as any car would with that kind of mileage. Yeah, I was going to say, pick your car at that kind of mileage. Quarter million miles, there's all kinds of stuff that is now just needed. Million Mile GTI coming up. No, no. Maybe not. Please don't. Well, he says it's well taken care of. He even has the original window sticker. But again, with the mileage comes major repairs like a new turbo is what he needs. Uh, Well, and major (laughs) DSG transmission service. Yeah. That frightening. Yeah. He's saying it's doing some weird things that hasn't been able to be diagnosed. The outside temp gauge and the fuel gauge are on the fritz and then... The parking brake recently froze in the morning. (laughs) So, uh, yes, but this is the car that he needs because he's a commuter. He does, what, 100-plus miles per day commuting. Which is where all those miles come from, for sure. So he needs, you know, most of them are highway, of course, but he needs something reliable. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is the Mm get-to-work car. Absolutely. And he loves it, but he's saying... The cost, the repair cost, could be between five and eight thousand dollars. Yeah. What do I do? Should I go ahead and spend that kind of money? Should I purchase another car in cash? He likes it. It sounds like he likes it enough to kind of get it back to its you mm-hmm. know former mm-hmm. self. But 
we have to start weighing things here. For sure. We have to start taking sure. a lot of consideration. Yeah, Just yeah, recently yeah. got married, paid off their debt, Dave Ramsey style. He said $48,000 within eight months. I need to take that class. Wow. Anyway, yeah. And then uh, he's saying he's not against all kinds of debt, but they just got out, and so he definitely doesn't want to go back <laughs> in too deeply yeah. or much at yeah, all. Yeah. And saying, yeah, we could go maybe a nicer vehicle, but what should he do at mm-hmm. this point? Mm-hmm. I uh, I think there's – I'm going to do math. That's the frightening <laughs> thing. Or I'm going to have you do math. Who am I kidding? I'm not going to do math, I have an Kyle, iPhone. But I'm going to have you do math. Here, here's the thing. What you're basically asking here is the $5,000 question. Kind of is because you're saying kinda you have is. five to eight grand because you think it might cost that much to get this car fixed, and as we've said before, look, I, I know I bought the world's cleanest five thousand dollar mini. I know I did. You did, and you to this point, I've been very lucky. I, I, I will genuinely say I've been very lucky. Um, there's a couple little tiny things on that car that I'm just at this point because of the cost of the car and because of its role, I'm just going, ah, I don't care. It's the winner reader. But at what point do those become issues? You know what I mean? Sure. I, and I'm sure, aware sure. that they're issues that I should, yeah. probably should get fixed, but it's just they're not on the priority list because of what the role that car has. This is what happens with the $5,000 car. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the thing we've said before. It's not that you can't find surprising cars for $5,000. It's just in the first year of ownership, they were probably going to need something, and they might need it in the first couple of months. And at that point, they're not a $5,000 car. If you bought a $5,000 car and in the first two months put two grand into it, that's a $7,000 car, my friend. Okay? Yeah, right. So, so this right. is the problem. Here's, here's the big – for me, this is the big chicken or egg question. Okay. I think you need to sit down and really – Calculate, Kyle, and and call. I don't even mean call the dealer. Call a private Volkswagen mechanic, and figure out what it would cost to fix everything. Hey, you, good old you, new best friend. No, figure out what it would cost to fix everything, and get a number that you can look at. This is that number. If it's two grand, great. If it's eight grand, wow. But get a number so you can say this is everything. Okay. Now the decision needs to be made because. I think you could find a good five thousand dollar car. I'm going to give you an example: Mazda three. Mm-hmm. You could yeah. find a Mazda three for five grand. Those cars are reliable. I don't think it would be flat out as fun as your GTI, but I think the gas mileage would be better, and I think it'd be very reliable. But I suspect that five thousand dollar car is going to need something. So you buy it for five, and you hold like a thousand okay. or two in reserve. Maybe yeah. it's just tires and brakes, which which are just yeah. consumables, but it's going to need something yeah. just, just to get it up to spec because you're putting this many miles on it. I think you need to have that, this is my total fix the GTI figure to really weigh this properly. The only reason I would lean keep the GTI is because you know what you have. The problem okay, with the $5,000 car from somebody else is unless... The guy I bought my mini from, you could eat off the floor of his garage. There's only that guy. There's no more of those guys okay. and, and their minis. But, but you, yeah. you found I him. I found the one. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Dave. But but here's the <laughs> thing. Unless you can find somebody where you know the car you're buying, you feel really confident and solid about it, you're buying, let's be honest, somebody else's, this is the stuff that doesn't work. And you don't necessarily know what that stuff True. is until you have True. the car. Yeah. Your GTI, you know what all the stuff is. That's the only thing that leans me toward keep it because you at least know. But you need if that figure really is honestly eight grand to fix your car, I think you need to move on. Depends on the car. And in counterpoint, let's say you do. Let's say you fix everything. Let's say it costs five grand or mm-hmm. six grand, some, somewhere in there. 
and you go ahead and take it on up to 300,000 miles, 325. Well, then you have a 07 GTI with 300,000 miles on it. <laughs> you do. It's worth $1,500, <laughs> but it runs. It runs that, well. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's my point is yeah. you, I suppose if it runs, it's, you know, something always has value to somebody, right? Yeah. So you could sell it, but... I'm of the mindset right now, and yes, Todd's right. It depends on how much it will cost to fix the car, but you're saying it's between five and eight right now. Even though you don't want to go run out and purchase another car right now, I'm just wondering if doing so would be the rip the Band-Aid off kind of let's do it now before it gets even worse kind of thing. Yeah. Say two years from now, you've got a $300,000 mile GTI. You know what you just settled on? I hadn't even thought of until this moment. Because mm. we're doing math, math is crazy, especially on this podcast. But okay, let's <laughs> say for sake of argument, podcast. let's say for sake of argument that it is going to cost eight grand to fix this car. Yeah, and the GTI in current shape right now today is worth three grand. You now have eleven to go buy a car. Okay, you're kind of already uh, <clears throat> going where I was thinking. Really? Okay, could, I hadn't thought about. Ideas. I hadn't thought of that till right now. But that is an interesting point because you could. Kind of look. We're I'm, we're not trying to not put you into debt, but you could pool the money here. True. That touches on my point of step one. Could you sell the car? Sell the car right now for whatever someone will give you for it. What is that number? Is it three grand? Is it two grand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, the car is gone. You've got money. They can deal with it. Or maybe you'd agree to fix the one major thing that is the deal breaker, the turbo, let's say. The turbo and the, well, I don't know. Yeah, but that's going to be pricey. But I, take I, know, your, I do I take know. your point. Do okay, your so point. let's just at least get it you know, acceptable where somebody will buy it. What does that cost? Call yeah. it two grand maybe. Yeah. Okay, so you could also, if that's a deal breaker, you could donate your car. Tax write-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either to businesses that accept them, which do exist, yeah. or say to like a high school that could use it for shop class, welding, or <laughs> repairs, or whatever. <laughs> this is the auto mechanic class. You need something to fix. This car is broken. Here you go. <laughs> Here's Kyle's old GTI. That is a possibility. Could you get a tax write-off for this car? Interesting. I don't know how much you could get. Something to investigate. Now, let's say um, you want something nice. And this is not a paid endorsement. It's our friends at Clutch. Atlanta came up, and mm. I'm, I'm That's giving them the a box. A, That's out of the box. That's a big shout-out here to our friends, Clutch Atlanta. Drive Clutch or ClutchAtlanta.com. They're friends and fans of the show. We love those guys out there. And they have put together a car subscription. Mm. They actually power the Porsche Passport program, as a matter of fact, with their software. You just wanted to say Porsche Passport program. I did. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... The Trailblazer package costs $750 a month. Okay, that's expensive. It is. But you got to go read the cars that you get in there. Now, I don't know what their mileage restrictions are and their insurance. You'll have to go ask them. These are good questions. These are good questions, yeah. 12 months times $750 is nine grand. (laughs) They're with the budget. Well, that's kind of what you were going to be spending already on repairing the GTI over here. So if you maybe sell that for two and then just say, okay... Now, they're not car payments, and you don't get anything at the end of that year. That is you don't the problem. own anything, that is the problem. Yeah. which is the bugger, but you did get a lot of good experience, and you had really brand new, safe, excellent, reliable, beautiful, fun cars to drive, if that is part of the equation. You went way out of the box, but I see where you went. Way I do out of the box. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I thought, well, if you're going to spend nine grand. What could you get for oh, no. nine or <clears throat> ten? I might have pushed on the budget. Well, just but I a went to eleven. Bit. If you've got, if he's got eight, he's going to have to spend to fix the car, and he can sell the car for three. That you is did eleven. Go to 11. I that only cranked 11. it up to ten, yeah. but the dial I'm not apparently good at goes math, to eleven. But yeah. 
So uh, I love your Mazda 3 choice. I love that you're the king of finding clean, super high mileage Mini Coopers, which are a possibility. Well, and, and the only not reason, my super duper choice. The only reason I, sh- I, I want to get to your super duper choice, because I, I, I love to have any specific choices at this price point, but I want to revisit something we've said before. Okay. I think when we, we talked about it here. We talked about it with Spike on his podcast. Mm-hmm. When you're shopping at this price, I think your headspace has to change. When you're shopping for the five to $6,000 car, that, okay. uh, let's just say under ten. When you're okay. shopping under ten, you need to shop locally, and you need to see what's out there instead of... I'm looking for a blank. Hmm. You need to go, okay, what's out there? This yeah. is how I found the Mini. I wasn't shopping for Minis. I, I, oh, in terms of car brand. Exactly. What's out there instead of getting locked into I'm only looking for yes, Minis or exactly. Mazdas or whatever. Just just go to, I mean, Craigslist. We have a thing here yeah. in Utah called KSL. This is what I did. I just started, I put in that parameter. I put in five grand and just started scrolling and saw things that made what's me available? laugh. Like, oh, I could get a Pontiac Aztec. I could have an and Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. And then on the next page, I found one of those third-gen Acura TLs that we like. Yeah, right. Found one of those. Had a ton of miles, but I was like, well, there's one of those. Found two or three Mazda 3s and said, yeah, that's a really good consideration. Found some beat-down sports cars, like nice sports cars, but really beat-down. And what should I? No, I shouldn't. That's found true. things like Phaetons. You find things that surprise <laughs> oh, yeah, you. Oh, yeah, the Phaeton. Exactly. You find things that surprise oh you. This is the way you shop at this budget. Mm-hmm. Now, I love that you're going to bring a specific course. I've already brought up the Mazda 3. The Mini, obviously, is something I bought. But I, I want another specific from you. But I do want to encourage you in that regard when you're shopping this way, Kyle, is to look locally and just go, what could I get? Mm, sure. And, and then you may find, like I did, you may find a car like the Mini and go, are those really that cheap? Because that's what I did. I found it, and I went, really? And so I started looking just for those and started finding lots of them at that price point, which I never would have shopped for otherwise. So I think that's a a way to kind of work your way in. But what's your other suggestion? So here it is. If we're going to spend 11, that actually opens up a lot of stuff. Apparently, it's our podcast. We're spending 11. (laughs) That's true. Kyle, you walked into that one. All right. So here's my super-duper choice. 2008 to 2011 Honda Accord EX Coupe. Ooh. I found them for I ten like grand. I found them with about eighty-eight thousand miles, sort of average in that range for ten grand. Some with nine grand. I found one with hail damage for uh, what was it? Nine grand and only had nine thousand miles on it. I thought, mm, wow, okay, how bad's the hail damage? <laughs> what are we talking? <laughs> I, I could deal like with hail damage. in a hood, or what yeah. are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm looking at this coupe because it is a good-looking car, especially from that model, that range. Yeah, 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 definitely. Still really classy no, looking. I agree. It's a car. I mean, there's space in there for mm-hmm. road trips, say, because yeah. you did mention <clears throat> your wife's car is a Dodge Caliber and you hate it. We are sorry. Yes. There's yes, really yes. no other words or anything else to couch that. But the Well, Dodge the other Caliber words is, for it are Viking Burial, but keep going. Yes, yes, yeah. or... Punkin' Chunkin' or something to launch that thing in outer space. <laughs> Do they have a... Oh, look. Caliber? There's a cliff. Chunkin'? Terrible, yeah. I mean, that'd be have to, you know, a hydraulic ram off a big steam, you know. But see, big, now uh, all his money's just going to crushing that car, which is not but good. But the satisfaction is so yeah, worth the Yeah, the satisfaction money. is not worth that much money. Okay. Yeah, it anyway, is still just a the- caliber. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> back to the Honda Accord, the EX Coupe. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those. So that was the loaded model. Yeah. And, I mean, depending on your traffic, maybe you could go manual transmission. But if not, such a great car. Yeah. Those things are going to run to the next 250,000 miles. That's great. They're going to run. They actually have some great driving dynamics that you and I really were kind of surprised by. Now, mm-hmm. we drove a newer one. The one we drove was, what, a, a little newer than 14, that, but yeah. 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. 
and uh, could have been a 16. Well, but, but they these, liked the dynamics of that car. It wasn't as recent as a 16, but the point is those Honda Accord coupes are typically better than you think. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I that's a great find. I do like that quite a bit. That's excellent. I'm just thinking, and if we go to 11, turn the volume up to 11, <laughs> you can even find but, better but this, ones. But this one goes to 11. <laughs> exactly. But it goes to 11. <laughs> Kyle, does does your budget go to 11? Maybe. Just curious. It could have, you know, dials on your bank account. Like, whoa, no, that's too high. Yeah, but I, I, I feel like the real first question here, if we really want to attack this from budget, is get a real figure. I was going to say Fix launch the caliber in outer space, but well, I'm that's wrong. Separate. That's not, but that's not budget related. That, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's just fun. That's, that's just fun and cleansing. <laughs> that's what that is. But in this regard, dealing with the GTI, get an actual figure for there it is, all in, yeah. ouch. Yeah, for sure. Because that's going to color this situation quickly. Hope, hopefully something in there has been helpful, Kyle. Yep, guys. Thank you so much. If you've got your debate, please write to us. We love hearing from you. For sure. Whatever the thoughts are in your mind, whether it's the, the Velocity Show, mm-hmm. YouTube mm-hmm. stuff, about the podcast, or just the, the fact that we got you thinking differently and you found a car that you love we love that That's whether or awesome. not we can get to your email please write to us we love reading mm-hmm. your emails mm-hmm. and hearing from you guys everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or the website everydaydriver.com all right jumping over to the myriad of questions we have yep uh, the 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 track crush daily things becoming a thing. It is becoming a to thing the, to There's the point a that I think we need to start posting them and throwing them back at the audience we on like Facebook these. you know Speaking of posting, I found my notes about my uh, my dream garage, which I did oh, mention no. on prior podcasts. You do need to write this up. I do, I do. It's the Inspirativatorium is what I named it. Something like that. The the uh, place where you're inspired to create and no, design and no. build. And I'm sorry, but no. It's, I, I, that's it's coming. Oh, it's coming. But one, one of the hysterical things, the, the a, a word like that, it, it comes from this. Uh, one of the hysterical things is, when you go anywhere with Paul and you see a weird word, it could be a, another language or some made-up word or some combination of words because this door has a partial word on it and that door has got a, got a partial word on it overlaid. <laughs> he has a list of these that he makes because they are for passwords. He just has a password list that is the most ridiculous, multisyllabic, crazy words that he uses for passwords, and he just and, the th- and now it's become a joke because I don't even think you have this many passwords. You just keep this weird password lot. list. <laughs> it's a riot. I do. Did you? Did I tell you my new password list idea? To to what uncrackable password should I get? Okay. I've been seeing all these commercials for whatever drug it is to treat your whatever ailment, and they have the the consumer, the brand name, and then mm-hmm. they have the the technical name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like they threw letters and vowels, sometimes not even that, at the yeah. screen, and thought, okay, here's the that. So if you need to remember your prat password, you just think, now what do I need to do for cold sores? Oh yeah, it's that product, and then there's the <laughs> there's the technical name, and Terrible. that's my password right there. And you add a star and your age at the end, and you've got your password. Magic. You know, you know what frightens me? There's a drug. <laughs> I, there's a drug right now. Okay, I I, I watch. Hulu with my wife. And so Hulu has a tendency for reasons I don't understand. Maybe it's the shows she watches. Uh, they have a lot of drug advertisements on Hulu. I don't know why that is, okay? The drug advertisements <laughs> as, an, as a, as a audience is... As a commercial editor, I find hysterical because they're often 60-second commercials where 15 seconds of it 
is what you would expect the commercial to be. The person is happier, and they're playing on a playground with their kids, and the sun is shining, and it's side light, and there's lens flare, and it's awesome because of this drug. The next 45 seconds, <laughs> that footage continues while scary announcer guy tells you all the ways the product's going to kill you. Yes. Does it burn when you pee? Do you have searing eye pain? Do you it's have leg cramps? everything. See your doctor and stop taking immediately. Here's where it gets more frightening. There's a drug out there right now. I'm not going to mention it by name. There's a drug out there right now. <laughs> where I have seen three different commercials for it, where it supposedly does three completely different things. It's the same drug name. What? This is Yahtzee for a drug maker because they make a drug for thing A. And then they realize in the testing that people that have this other thing they're not even testing for are getting better. Like, <laughs> I'll give you a random, I'll just, I'll, I'll make one up, okay? You have a digestive problem and you're taking a drug. By the way, you are a person with arthritis, and while you've been taking the drug, your arthritis is better. Was it now side they effects? Make, they found in the lab, like, hey, it cleared that up too. Now they Bonus. Make, but now they make two commercials, <laughs> and they actually sell the drug for both. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding, but what gets frightening, we have a friend, Greg, who used wow. to be in pharmaceutical sales. That's right. And he would talk about how this was companies just like bingo, Yahtzee day. This was oh the best gosh. thing ever to find out that it also treats this. But here's where it gets scary. Sometimes when these drugs seem like they treat everything— it's like a 10-year countdown until somebody's got a lawsuit because of all the people it killed. I hate to say it, but whenever I start hearing a drug that's got four of those different 60-second <laughs> commercials where it's a miracle drug for this with 45 seconds of scariness, I'm off in the weeds, I know. It just starts to terrify me. So, yeah, you're doing drugs for passwords. This is great. Back, that's it. back so, to the point. Vito Lizumab. Hey, my new password with Perfect. a star and a hashtag and, a <laughs> and an umlaut. <laughs> exactly. There need to be more umlauts in the English Made language. Made out of reconstituted fish bits. We, we, are, we are way... Off in the weeds, and yeah, I am the prime culprit. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, okay. Track back, <laughs> wrenching us back to cars. I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, track crush and daily the Yugo, the oh, Pontiac yes. Aztec, and the Chevy Chevette. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I actually, I'm admitting, I took my driver's ed in a Chevy Chevette. Okay, how was it? Would you track daily or crush that car compared to the other two? I would. Um, I would crush it dead. Okay. I would kill it with fire, and then I'd scoop with those ashes, and I'd pound those flat. Okay. All right. The Aztec, that means that thing lives, doesn't it? And the Yugo, too. Yeah. It's, um, I think uh, a Yugo on track would be a riot, <laughs> and I think the Aztec might be surprisingly useful on a daily basis. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I'm actually going to agree with you, because the thing that I found funny is living in L.A., you know, the Aztec's been an automotive joke for a decade, pretty much since day one, but definitely for a right. decade. They released it, and boom. In, in L.A., I never, after like the first 18 months that they existed, you never saw them again in L.A. And then I moved to Utah, and the first winter came, <laughs> and they come out of the woodwork. People have bought these cars in snowy climates and store them away to be their I-really-don't-care winter car because they've got all that plastic <laughs> cladding anyway. Whatever ran into it, we don't care. It's an Aztec. It True. was ugly to begin with. It's still ugly. There's salt on it. I don't care. So Ribbed Aztecs plastic, are perfect for that. Everyone. Um, I, I think the Aztec, as the daily works here, the Yugo, I'm inspired by that, that purple Volkswagen Polo we saw at the ring. Mm, oh, yes. Right. What about taking a Good. Yugo and trying to actually make it into a track car? Good. How absurd is that? Because let's be honest, the interior parts are just going to come off anyway, so you can just take them all out. you got weight savings now. You put a cage in it because it has, I'm sure, terrible flex without a cage. Let's turn it into a track car. How riotously funny would it be to pass, let's be honest, anyone in a Yugo? How much shame would that person experience Perfectly. if you pass yes. them in a and Yugo? And then it has to be an absurd color. 
and then they're off you go. So you go for sure. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, scrolling through questions here. Uh, the Reese is asking, which would we rather do? Would we rather mm. be a world rally champion, formula one champion or world drift champion or a lemons world champion? If that's even a thing. Well, but I'm going to jump from that and I'm going to say Lama. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If on I that could one. really pick something to be able to say, I look, I would just be ecstatic to be able to say, I drove Lama. Like, drove and the car finished. Yeah, Done. no kidding. No, no kidding. I, here, you, you can have my race suit. I'm happy now. But to be able to say you've won Lama, that to me tops all the rest. That's just amazing. I, I agree. Reese is a huge fan of the show and a great patron of ours and friend. He's uh, up in Seattle. He's the guy with all the uh, the Porsche collection and uh, knows everybody Dang. at the shop in Seattle. So thank you, Reese. Good to hear you, man. Uh, what else is on your list here? Uh, let's see. On IG, uh, Shawshank Shunny, uh, Sonny, Sonny wrote in. He's a BMW guy. So oh, he's asking this is a Porsche question. It's great, actually. Why do some 911s carry the 911 badge and others don't? What's the reason for it? Now, I'm actually wondering if what you're looking at here, Sonny, if you're looking at recent ones. Because yes. Because I suspect you are. Now, maybe not, but I suspect you are. Here's the crazy thing. You want to have a weird day when you got five minutes in the internet connection. By the way, five minutes in internet connection always leads to weird places. But specifically, <laughs> and by weird day, you mean good car shopping. Specifically, I want to talk about 911s. I want to talk about Porsche. Go spec a car on the Porsche website because yeah. they will allow you now to pick what the back says. Yeah. Not just 911s. You want your seven, uh, 718 Cayman to say 718? We can do that. You want it to say 718 Cayman? We can do that. You want it to say 718S because it's a 718 Cayman S? We can do that. You want it to just say S? Sure. Just get an S. It's it's like a letters bin over there, and you just get to pick. So the thing is – There's a bin full of letters. You want it to say Porsche? Yeah. You want it to not say Porsche? We can probably figure that out too. So so at this point, Porsche is allowing you to put on the back of your car as many things as you would like. And I have seen 911 Carrera 4S GTS on the back of a car, and I just thought, are you bored? <laughs> Too much money? <laughs> Seriously. How, yeah, that's, that's another great question because Porsche is the king of add-on pricing. How much did it cost you to put that many Porsche letters on the back of your car? Yes. I will add to that and say despite as much shade and, and teasing as we give Porsche for specking out a car and how expensive it can be, they are one of the remaining car companies for which you can actually kind of make it a hand-built – not hand-built, but you know what I mean, sort of uh, customized you to can. your yep. car, sort yep. of – one of the last. I mean, yes, you can order cars from different car companies, but this is really the the personalization, and customers love that. Yeah. yeah. And that is kind of what you're seeing. I agree. You're responding to later cars is kind of the new thing. I think it's 997s. Maybe it was a little bit earlier than that. Not sure. And again, they did the paint to sample for years and years and sure, years. Sure, yeah, yeah. If you go to Porsche or Ferrari and you just say, I have got tons of money, please make me poor – They'll do whatever you want. Of course they will. built cars for the Sultan Brunei for years. Yeah, of course. But paint sampling aside, you can, you know, they're just kind of one of the last sort of vestiges of, hey, this is is really a personalized, Mm -hmm. some of it is hand-built, real car, unless you're throwing a bunch of money. But it's it's still in that range that's... A, a great supercar and yet still kind of affordable. It's not a Lamborghini. It's not a Ferrari. Yeah, but but it is interesting that, of that course, if you have niche. tons of money, you can go do the totally bespoke Porsche. But oh, this is yeah. interesting to me yeah, that yeah. right there on the website, you can select what does the back of your car say. 
Yeah. There it is. Yep. Also on Twitter, Ben Davis is asking that uh, he knows that uh, this is in our primary gig. Yes. And uh, can you inspire those of us who aren't quite motivated enough to establish a secondary income with something they love that's separate from their primary career? It's hard, Ben. I will admit that it's it's tough for both of us. It's I, I am uh, I'm very adamant about protecting Todd's time because he's a perfectionist <laughs> and will overwork himself in terms of editing and go the extra mile. And that's what you see. And he curates us, but. He and I have had lots of conversations over the years in terms of the legacy that we're leaving, the recording you're listening mm-hmm. to, the the images of us on the web and television and wherever that is. We want it to be quality work, and it takes a lot of work to do that quality, sometimes whether we're getting paid or not, and we'd love yeah, it to be yeah. a long-term, and that's where we're looking towards, but it's it's a look at the kinds of people we've gotten to meet, look at the experiences that we've gotten to have in our lives that never would otherwise have happened. Yeah. The people I've met in Toronto and San Diego, and you guys know who you are. Yeah. I consider you friends. I mean, all over in Seattle, the guys in Seattle, um, Dale and Reese and Carl and those guys, I just, we would have never run into them and, and grown the friendships and, you know, hey, what if we did this, and what if we did that, and and the pilgrimage trips and the Europe trips. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say. The stuff that when we started life experience doing is where this, it is. we never imagined. The life experience thing is the biggest selling point I can put out there. Yeah, if you have something that you're interested in that will put you into a different kind of cycle uh, or circle of influence to your normal life, because here's the thing that happens, and it happens to all of us. You start working a job and you get a handle on the job and the first few weeks or months on the job is really stressful and your your days are flying by. And then six months in or a year in, you could almost do it asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're not careful because of life and bills and kids and holidays and every vacation, 10 years has gone by. Yeah. yeah. And, and another 10 years can go by and your life... It look. It may be perfectly. You may be perfectly blessed. You may feel like you love your life, but you're not having at some point enough outside influence of. I never would have done that. Mm-hmm. You just stepped me out yeah. of my normal Monday through Friday. Oh, look, it's the weekend. Step out of that. This is what this show has done for us and continues to yeah. do for us in a crazy way. Now, I will say personally, I am hell bent on it being all I do because I'm doing too much. Absolutely, but that's but, what we want, uh, honestly. And it, and it's you guys again. It's your support of yeah. the show that will make that our trajectory. But but what happens with me specifically because I'm doing all the editing and that kind of stuff is that that I am supplementing the show. The show is supporting me as best it can, and then mm-hmm. I supplement the show doing other things. I have to have insurance and this kind of stuff because I have a family. So that's where that other stuff comes yeah. in. Yeah. So that's just the reality of it. But the place where my passion is is this show. Absolutely. And the ridiculous thing is here's how completely bizarre I am. I spent a decade completely obsessed with writing screenplays. Mm-hmm. I love to write. I love to write. I barely write anymore because I don't have the time. I love doing this show, and I miss writing all the time. Which is amazing. It's very funny to me that I'm sitting here doing this thing. But but what I am, first and foremost, is a creator. And so we are creating regularly. And Hollywood specifically is a world that is all about telling you no. It's mm-hmm. all about telling you you can't. And because movies are expensive and they take a lot of people, there's a lot of reasons to not. And what I love is that we're able to create, and if we stop right now, there's still a decade back of content amazing to me that we have yeah. created that didn't go through anybody's filters that said stop 
There are people out there probably that are yelling, please stop. But still, we're still going. And that is one of the things that I like. Is that inspiration for you to do it? I don't know because let's be honest, you will be tired, but we love doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm in the midst of a career transition myself uh, yeah. from yeah, my yeah. my other gig. My uh, time with Autodesk has come to an end, but you know, I'm looking for what's next. I mm-hmm. love the tech world. I love design. I love furniture. I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? I'm just kind of exploring new opportunities, but thinking, man, if the show were you know, full income for both of us, uh, that'd be amazing with what we could do with a show. And the, the ideas are <laughs> endless. We, we have need... so many more ideas than we have time or money. Yeah. I, we can prove it to you too. We need the 36 hour day at a, at a big, at a big, just random person with bucket of money going, let's just do stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but let's, uh, let's be honest. A lot of people could do this. This is honestly, this is Elon Musk's life. He wakes up in the morning and goes, I've got an idea. And then he digs a hole in Los Angeles. What this, rocket this is, can I anyway. explode today? Yeah. Uh, Jeff wrote in on Facebook and said he's skiing in Park City next week. Um, hey, by the way, we live in Park City. Uh, anyway, uh, he's asking about must-do runs and do we have any snow. Uh, there's very little snow this year, Jeff. Last and, and it's worse because last year was an epic year. Oh, my gosh. Last year was more snow we knew what to do with. Gleeful I had the time that comes to mind. Uh, look. Uh, where my house is, I'm a little bit away from Park City proper, a little bit away from the mountain. I don't get all that much snow. Now keep this in mind. I had a three-foot-high tunnel, three-foot-high walls on either side of my driveway all last winter. We had piles of snow. Crazy. So this year is a light year after a year that was huge, so it seems even worse. But all the ski resorts are open. True. They're doing a I mean, good job skiable. of curating their runs. Deer Valley, for example, where I ski a lot, is uh, is about two-thirds open. Some of those runs are great. Some of those runs are only okay. Uh, I think you're still going to enjoy yourself. Uh, I would say an all-time favorite run here in Park City is Stein's Way at Deer Valley, but sadly, I don't think it's open. Yeah. I was also going to suggest Empire Lift that goes all the way to the top, but you still have to break right. True, but Stein's is a a classic. It goes right down a ridgeline. That's a great, great run if they've opened it now. I was on the mountain a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't open yet, but we are getting snow this weekend. If you're in Park City and want to say hello, reach out to us. We'd love to say hello to you because everyone else will be here watching movies so it is actually the perfect time to (laughs) ski exactly i think it'll still be fine i mean i'm not saying bring your rock skis but if you're renting anyway who cares that's the way to do it anyway well a couple of questions stuck out to me drew v is asking besides a radar detector what is the driver's gadget you enjoy or want to enjoy the most it's hands-free phone phone time phone calling Mm, sure it's hands-free that has just revolutionized everything Mm -hmm. i saw a couple today she was talking on the phone on the handset while he was sitting in the passenger seat scrolling through whatever it was i'm going really i mean that's driving yeah. is now like yeah. third or fourth on your priority list and then finally uh well jose p is asking me about 35s 37s or 40s for the expedition <laughs> <clears throat> since tires are really important i'd agree uh the expedition i've having many thoughts the jeep is currently posted for sale and yes. uh, hopefully that sells to a lucky owner. And, and the expedition uh, is enormous. If I just need to say it again. It's enormous. I told you. It's enormous. So I'm thinking about wrapping it. I'm thinking about a supercharger for the Triton V8. Are I'm, you really? I'm, I'm mulling this because that would just wake this truck up. 478 horsepower. So, Hello. Why? 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 My fuel economy why, why? might not even be affected. It's because of altitude. That's why. Ah, because it's okay. got 310 horsepower. Okay. And I'm probably down to 260. Okay. I mean, it's okay. 
And I'm thinking I'll, I'll kind of go with you now. The, the parts that, that are I'm I'm not thinking about doing I I, I don't need a bro dozer out of this expedition. <laughs> I don't need to doze my expedition. Here comes Paul in his bro dozer expedition. No 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 that no, no, fits no. nowhere by the way. Yeah. But what I am thinking about doing is refreshing the car. Yeah, I see with that. I see that aftermarket components that keep it looking stock. So I'm going to keep with the 20 inch wheel. They're essentially Jose. They're they're equivalent of 20 or 32s right now with 20-inch wheels and tires okay, okay. is what they are. And then just doing you know the upgraded brakes and suspension, but it keeps it stock, ride height, stock, everything, because I switch out tires in the winter, too. Yeah, I don't want to sure. have this for sure. huge monster truck, and I don't need it anyway. Plus, maybe some towing might happen in the future. That's the main reason you want it. I get that, for I mean, sure. Yeah, and then I'm um, doing a new head unit. You had a great suggestion. Put new tech as a head unit. For sure. So I ordered yeah. a new Alpine unit from Crutchfield, so I'm putting that in. Yeah, that'll it's transform be nice. it, for and sure. And then I'm thinking satin gray. I mean, just little things over time that'll kind of... You know what? There's no reason to get rid of this. It's huge, yes, but... Yeah. Hey, it's it's a great truck, and it's you been got you got a great deal well, on it with your dad, and yeah, yeah, you can make it your own. You can make it kind of a little updated without going nuts. I see that for Expedoser. sure. Dozer, uh, along nice. I like there's there's <laughs> wait, I'm typing it. That's tonight's shirt right there. Expedoser. It's oh, ha- no. sorry, I have to open that folder because that's oh. happening. Anyway, he really um, is keeping a list. Yeah, I, I absolutely am. Uh, so anyway, uh, Kurt wrote a question on Facebook, and I'm um. So here, here I am. I'm typing Expedozer. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you wrote a question that – is this a trick question, Kurt, on Facebook? You said Lotus Elise, they're 30 to 50 grand, worth it or not for a classic-shaped supercar? Uh, 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 Kirk, you know I own one, right, that I got for <laughs> roughly 30 grand. I've wanted one for a decade. Uh, I mean, so I so look, I will admit my I love the Lotus anyway uh, bias. I'm going to say yes. But I'm going to step back from that for a second and try to give this some perspective. Okay. One of the things that surprised me the most about owning that car is taking it to Cars and Coffee. Mm. Because, look, I drive a rock-chipped, rockered. I mean, it's not perfect. It's been tracked. This car's had some hard miles on it. One of the reasons I bought it, because I was like, it's already had hard miles. I'm going to put hard miles on it. Yeah, it true. It looks great. I love it. Done. Sure. Okay? It's set up sure. for track use. So it's not pristine. It looks really good. It's a 10-footer. It looks great at 10 feet. You get right up next to it, and you go, that needs to be that paint needs to be cleaned up there, which is true. But I love it. Sure. I pull into Cars and Coffee, and I park that car in a lineup of you name it. I mean, this is Park City. There's some big cars that show up cars and coffee. There's an R8 to my right. There's a GT3 to my left. I oh, mean, there's yeah. cars that are worth money. Yeah. My little car costs 30 grand. It was made more than 10 years ago. It always draws a crowd of people. So awesome. I got to be honest with you. That's a surprise to me. Hmm. And it keeps happening. This is a car that defies what it actually costs. So if that's of interest to you, you can drive a car that costs you thirty to fifty grand, and people will think it costs a hundred. I'm not saying that's the reason to buy it, but I'm saying that is something that the Elise does really surprisingly well. Is it gets you that I drive an exotic car feeling without any of the cost. The downside is the fact that it's awfully raw inside, which I'm fine with. But I'm I'm also kind of is this is this a Trick question, Kirk. But anyway, there's my thought on it. <laughs> well, there's a really intriguing question for me on Facebook from Nick A. Asking about the Malaise era. Mm. And if you don't know what the Malaise era is, good news. It has its own Wikipedia page, folks. 
Can, can we get a Wikipedia? Do we do we sign a petition? How do we get a? Because everything else has we got can one. curate our own. You we pretty need much a just Wikipedia make your page. own, and then everybody will pile on and uh, yeah, you know, do somebody whatever. somebody out there has to curate them now. But yeah, point taken. So this was actually a term coined by a journalist from Jalopnik named Murali Martin early in his career in their career. And it refers to this period of American-made vehicles in the oil crisis era, that 73 to 83, changing government regulations, all that kind of stuff, big V8s, Where the big V8s have got 150 horsepower. Woo-hoo. Yeah, exactly. And he's asking, it seems like there was an explosion in horsepower just before this malaise era. And so you're talking probably about the 69 Camaro, Mustang, whatever that is. Yeah, hot, muscle cars. And he's saying 700-plus horsepower cars are now our new norm, which you're right. Are we headed for a correction? I will say no, as a matter of fact. I think we're headed for an increase Mm. by virtue of electric assist. Because electric motors, when you add them or replace gas engines, guess what? I think we're going to start seeing the 800 to 1,000 era coming very soon as the new norm. Surprisingly, now, the tractability and how it puts it down and will you use it all the time? No. But just by virtue of the kinds of power that electric motors make, and then when you yeah. tack that on to the new Camaro in the future with its 10-speed transmission that has an electric motor buried in the center of it, <laughs> attached to the 650-horsepower engine, so you add it all Dang. up and you're like at 980 horsepower? Yeah. yeah. I think it's possible. But, but could that be argued as that's the correction he's talking about? Could be. He, it, the, maybe the, it's a correction, it, but a correction of, seems like where, based are we on going the away from horsepower, era, are we going to yeah. like ooh because of the Ford yeah. Mustang two? No, I agree with that. You. I agree with you. you know, which is neutered, which is dear God, what did you horrible do? Yeah, I get it. Pimple yeah, huh? on the face of automotive kingdom. Yes, yes, you know. yes, exactly. I I think uh, maybe you, you could be right, but, but but I guess what I'm saying I think is the increase is coming ultimately. I I think I think you're right, but I think it is a industry wide shift. But it's an industry wide shift instead of because also related to what's happening with gasoline. In yeah. the seventies, yeah. it's gas is so expensive. We must make an industry wide shift. Nobody give anything power. Everybody make something smaller. This is going to be a shift because of electric coming, and so the industry is going to pivot yeah. again. But I agree with you. The uh, Tesla has proven it. Continues to prove it. It is easy to throw down a massive horsepower number and make everybody's eyes water and get crazy acceleration because electric motors do that easily. Yeah, very much so. So I, I mean, right now, if you're thinking, oh, well, you know, even if gas is gas prices go up, well, we're getting almost 400 horsepower out of turbocharged four-cylinder engines. Yeah. Hello, yeah, yeah. AMG Mercedes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. so, and they get 30 miles or more to the gallon. So I, I see it only going up from here as yeah, it's madness. displacement continues to decrease, turbocharging and direct injection and combinations of that actually increase power and we get even better fuel mileage. I think it's the best of both worlds. It's madness. Plus electric motors are coming to be augmented or replaced in everything. Hello, Porsche Mission E. You can't come soon enough. Okay, so sp- spinning off of that, you just brought up the AMG. Ross did a track daily crush. Oh, no. Macan <laughs> GTS. The... Oh. GLA AMG 45. There's your little two liter. Or Audi RS3. Oh. Oh. I'm. I'm mm. I think I've got this. You do? Okay, I think go I've ahead. I've got this. Oh, man. I'm going to daily that Macan. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's the most daily GTS, right? Macan GTS. Who cares? But daily the Macan, yes. Crush the GLA, which I like, but crush it because it's the it's the car stuck in the middle in this scenario. I think the RS3 would actually be really great on track. I do too. The more I read about that car, the more impressed I am. The front tires are slightly wider 
than the rears. Yes, but that's evidence. I mean, like that's that's like Do you people think that's that, a band aid. That's like people that drag race their Civics uh, with eh. the t- space savers on the back and the massive tires in the front. This is proving that your dynamics are not what you hoped they yeah, would be, and so you reverse staggered your wheels. <laughs> It's not like they've got wheelie bars at the back of the RS3. I know, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's that extreme, but I am saying you've reverse staggered your wheels, which is kind of a hat tip to, yeah, we know this isn't ideal, but just go with us, please. It's going to work. <laughs> Although their focus is on handling, which I'm, you know, yes, I'm which is why I actually think it'd be great on the track. I do. points without having driven it yet. We need to get in that car, sure. but I'm kind of with you. That, that Macan is so good for so many things. And, and the GLA. That's a hard one, though. The GLA is so much fun. It's very fun. But the thing is, the GLA is a small hatchback masquerading as an SUV. It's neither. Yeah. Really. It's a And weird it's crazy fun, thing. but it's neither. Whereas the Macan, while still in the world of CUV SUVs, is kind of small, is like a large utility vehicle by comparison. Yeah. So yeah, you can actually RS3 do stuff with it. And the RS3, yeah. I'm with you. Holy moly, we're at the end of our time, guys. Thank you so much for writing in. We really appreciate all your questions. If we can't get to them, please keep asking us. For sure, for sure. We actually love that you're sending in the car debates. We are One of us is reading all of them, even if we don't respond. Thank you for all of the writing in. I do want to call out, again, Velocity tomorrow morning. When you're hearing this, it is on Saturday morning. Set your DVR. We also want to call out and thank our sponsors for television. Covercraft is presenting this season. They are offering free shipping with the code every day. Griots, who Paul has been a disciple of Griots forever, or maybe a prophet of Griots forever. Absolutely. This is CPO. These guys are awesome. They're with us now, which is really cool. They're offering 10% off with the code every day. Just and huge. our friend Nathan and the folks at Auto Tempest, if you want to search one time, everybody, Auto Tempest. We thank you guys for being sponsors of the TV season. This is why it's happening, and it's headed to you guys. If you haven't seen it on Velocity, you will see it soon. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Griot sells Covercraft products, too, so you can get them through them. There you go. And, uh, yeah, buy some car care products from Griot's. They're amazing. Guys, again, thank you so much. Looking forward to next time. Enjoy Velocity Season 3, Los Angeles at night, downtown L.A. Episode 3, Season (laughs) 2. Yep, that's awesome. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.